Welcome to Manufacturing Talk Radio, your source for breaking news, business trends, and economic forecasts here and abroad that impact one-third of America's economy. And now your hosts, Lou Weiss and Tim Grady. Welcome to this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. If it sounds a little different, we're all dialed in today from various locations. So I've got uh, Lou Weiss up in New Jersey and I, myself in Atlanta and Norbert Orr's in Atlanta. So, Lou, I'm glad you were able to connect from your locale. Yeah, it seems as though it's not your problem from Atlanta this time. It's me. So um, <laughs> I'll just have to quit picking on you so much. So, That's right. Uh, That's right. Uh, we are uh, looking forward to a good conversation with Norbert Orr. Uh, Norbert, welcome to the show. Thank you. Always glad to join you. You have a really a good phone voice today. You know, called in. We're all called in. That's great. Everybody appreciates a good phone voice. So here we go. So for those of you who don't know, Norbert is our correspondent who talks about the global picture of purchasing managers' indexes from various countries and regions. Of the U.S. So, Norbert, I will let you go ahead and kick this off. Okay, very good. Thanks, Tim. It's always a pleasure to talk about the, the global economy and the impact that it has on particularly our manufacturers in the United States. Uh, we usually spend all of our time talking about the results of the monthly surveys, and uh, I, what I'd like to do is take just a minute or two and talk about the process that we go through uh, so you have a little bit better understanding of why this data is important and where it comes from. Uh, the first thing uh, I, I want to touch on is uh, why business surveys. What, what are business surveys? Why are they important to, uh, to uh, various constituencies within the economy? And uh, there's a number of reasons that we follow the business surveys. The first is there's a short-term focus on month-over-month change. The, we use a diffusion index, which answers the question uh, such as, are new orders better, same, or worse? And so you have three possible answers. Generally, most of the time, the bias is towards same. The business doesn't change that much month-over-month. Month. But it is important for us to identify when change is taking place. So. It's called a diffusion index. It's also called sometimes a change index. So that's simply what we're looking at is month-over-month month change. Uh, secondly, it's close to real time. Uh, most of these surveys, are the data is a week to 10 days old at the time they publish. So uh, there's a lot of current information and input that's taking place. Uh, next, there's a useful indication until actual data is released. As I said, this is uh, released uh, usually most of them around the 23rd of the month, and then the final surveys are released the first of the month. Uh, so uh, that helps with our surveys, but the actual data, if you take uh, Department of Labor data on employment, that type of thing, uh, it's usually two to three months old by the time uh, they publish. So uh, we're, uh, we're filling in the short-term void. Uh, next, they're an aid in forecasting and in terms of uh, 
looking at where we are now and being able to uh, look at where we're going in the future. Uh, sometimes these business surveys are more credible than actual data. Uh, and I would go so far as saying it's beyond sometimes. It's quite often these surveys are more credible than the actual data because, uh, again, it's current and uh, quite often it has uh, a, a, a good array of uh, respondents that uh, uh, show up uh, what, what's going on in their businesses. And then the last one is uh, cover sec segments difficult to measure. Uh, and I would put the, uh, the non-manufacturing survey in that category. Uh, non-manufacturing services, uh, very, very difficult to measure what's going on in those segments. So uh, anyway, just th those are some of the reasons why business surveys are important to us. Uh, the second thing I'd like to touch on is uh, manufacturing and non-manufacturing and how they're divided. Manufacturing is divided into durable goods, which is hard goods, everything from uh, over-the-road vehicles, uh, heavy uh, construction machinery, uh, you name it. They also have non-durable goods, apparel, food, beverage, things that are softer. What we've seen so far in the last number of months has been that durable goods have been declining and non-durable goods have stayed quite strong. In fact, non-durable goods are carrying the manufacturing sector. Non-manufacturing is divided into uh, services, private industries, and government, services being where employment is the heaviest. So anyway, uh, thought we'd start out there. Now let's get into some of the results that we're looking at. Tim, uh, where would you like to go? Well, why don't we start with uh, Europe because I think it's important to see what, if any, effect there has been with Brexit so far. Okay. Uh, interesting uh, read this month on Brexit. Uh, the index came in, the UK uh, PMI came in at 50.0 which uh, is, is a total coincidence, I believe, uh, but it, it's basically starting uh, the U.K. out with their new economy, uh, with their uh, new emphasis on themselves and so on, started them out at a reading of 50 or neutral. So they're neither up nor down compared to the month before, and uh, we couldn't have planned it any better. Uh, so it's it's a good starting point to see where they're going. I was in the UK in uh, December, and I found generally they were very upbeat about what was going on. Uh, obviously, there were political winners and losers uh, in uh, deciding to go with Brexit, but now that they're there, I think they're they're committed. Uh, we don't see uh, one of the big concerns about the UK was what would happen to the financial community. Would, the, would uh, London has been the center of the global finance for years. Would they be able to hold on to that? And uh, so I, I, my initial answer is I think they are able to hold on to them. You okay? I, yeah, okay. Uh, I think they are able to hold on to it. And uh, I, I look for the 
UK to prosper very nicely uh, under this situation. Uh, but uh, we'll have a good chance to follow it, and hopefully they'll they'll post some good numbers. In general, uh, I think uh, things are moving in the right direction as far as the rest of Europe is concerned. The uh, eurozone itself was up from uh, 46.3 to 47.9 on an overall. So uh, that's a reasonably decent jump, and it shows things firming up uh, on the continent and uh, should be able to, to sustain that. Germany was above 45 for the first time in nine months. So uh, even though that's not into a growth mode, it's certainly not as bad as it has been showing up in, uh, in their data. The other winners are France and Ireland, France, uh, France, Greece, and Ireland. Of course, Greece and Ireland aren't that large. Uh, France is significant, but they all, all three of them were above 50. So, uh, I, I think it's a good beginning to a, to a good beginning to a new beginning, as far as uh, Europe is concerned. Hopefully, uh, Europe will do well, and uh, the UK will do well. Well, I, I think that's probably indicative of what we're seeing in the U.S. as we kind of saw in a discussion with the Institute for Supply Management that maybe December was the bottom, as you had talked about in your surveys, Norbert, and that January was, in fact, looking like it would move upward and that there were some other uh, underlying indicators within the ISM survey that, in fact, turned out to move it back into the the 50 point something very low range, but in the right direction. So um, uh, now we'll see how, how the rest of the year plays out. The question is now, of course, in everybody's mind, how many of us are going to take the hit from the coronavirus in China, China's economy? Yeah, every month I try to put a theme or a headline around uh, what's going on that month and uh, the, what I use for this month, uh, for January, is New Year, New Fear. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I know you, you know where I'm coming from with that. It, it's a, a new year to start out, uh, and we've solved uh, some of the tariff issues. We've solved some of the, uh, uh, the Brexit issue. We've solved uh, what probably in January of last year, we would have listed as the major fears. Uh, this time, uh, we're, we're fearing uh, what, what's going on with uh, the virus. We're fearing uh, what's going to happen structurally uh, to manufacturing around the globe with China trying to figure their, how to get back in, and that complicated by the virus. Uh, and then we have... Uh, uh, still North Korea to worry about. Uh, Iran is more of a problem. So uh, I guess there's always going to be some fear. Uh, it's just uh, we, we just have to deal with them as they come along. And then we have the election. Yeah, that, that, that adds a, a, a different tone to the whole thing as to uh, what's going to come out of the election, what, what's going to happen, uh, you know, uh, we're at the point where I usually look and say, well, the stock market just can't get any better than this. Uh, 
and historically it usually doesn't. Uh, but I think uh, given uh, the state of affairs, I think given the, the low, 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 unemplo- low unemployment, the uh, low uh, interest rates, uh, lack of inflation, I think all of those things uh, really set it up to where uh, maybe we can uh, survive uh, our successes. And, uh, you know, the businesses that are out there today are, are so different. When, uh, uh, when I was in manufacturing uh, for a lot of years, you know, we'd think if we were budgeting a 4 or 5% increase in sales, we would uh, think we were very optimistic about our business and that we were going to do well. Uh, these technology sales companies uh, can add 25 30% to sales in a year and do it for uh, a number of years in a row. And, and that, that's just not something we've seen historically, uh, businesses that could grow as fast as they're growing and sustain that fast growth. So, uh uh, again, it's a different time and place. We did, uh, Tim and I just did a show uh, recently about that very uh, topic where a software company has developed uh, a program that could literally uh, increase uh, profitability by multiples of percentages because of just cleaning up uh, efficiencies or lack of efficiencies and so on. And uh, it's it's quite incredible the the increase in a very short period of time, uh, less less than a year. Yeah. So, which you know is to your point uh, that uh, we can increase profitability by using technology and digital technology and so on, uh, which is totally different, obviously, from you know decades gone by. Yeah, and one of the things we've seen in the ISM data that nobody talks very much about, uh, Lou, is uh, what's the length of capital investments? In other words, a major capital investment in manufacturing, uh, that historically has been uh, about a year and a half that it it takes to to go through the project. Well, with uh, technology... They're going through projects in less than six months and maybe two or three times more valuable than uh, than what previously they were finding from brick-and-mortar type of expansion. So uh, it it really has changed the game. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's really what it's going to take manufacturing to be able to prosper and move forward. They can't stay in the same mode that they've been for the last umpteen decades, they have to move forward and buy into uh, the new way of doing business and the new way of uh, handling data. And, uh, you know, I agree with what you say. So uh, do we want to talk about Asia for a minute? Sure. We can talk about Asia. Okay. What? of what's going to be left of it, sure. Uh, well, one of the charts that I do is uh, looking at Korea, South Korea, Taiwan, uh, the two China surveys, uh, Singapore, and, 
you know, as as we look at that, all of them are hugging the the uh, 50 mark or no change, and uh, I, I, the, this virus can only slow that down. It's certainly not going to speed it up. So uh, I think we're going to see uh, the U.K. may be starting the year at 50. It's almost going to be like Asia starting the year at 52, uh, 50 also, not 52. Uh, and uh, it, it looks like to me that that's going to uh, be be where it's going to come from, and I look for it to go down before it comes up. Uh, the issue with the, the coronavirus uh, is just not going to be, it uh, doesn't appear there's going to be a short-term solution. Uh, most of these things tend to run their course within the first year and, and maybe a little bit less than that. But, uh, uh, again, everybody would say, well, this time's different, and they would probably be, be right in saying that. So the rest of Asia, I think, is going to, to see that uh, it, it's got a little bit of struggle because uh, – China's the major player. They're they're dependent on China for their success. Well, it'd be interesting to see how this plays out for China. I think you're right. It's certainly going to affect uh, all of the countries around the world. We just don't know to what degree yet. Uh, I almost want to say save South America, but I honestly don't know what South America's trading relationship is with China. There, there is some trading relationship there, Tim. It's not super strong. I've been amazed that, uh, and, and uh, I've been away from the TV maps for a day or two, but uh, they were showing all the countries that were impacted, and uh, nothing was showing up for South America, uh, any of the countries there. Now, uh, that may mean that they really don't do that much with China. Uh, but it also could mean they're just slow to, to get into the, the reporting mode. Probably not as much travel between South America as there is. You know, there were an awful lot of Americans in China and uh, foreign nationals in China that uh, uh, complicated the situation with, with, um, uh, with the virus and, and the spread of the virus. Norman, is there anything that you do with uh, surveys in Africa, and are there any particular countries uh, that you know are hotbeds of growing manufacturing that need to be watched? Uh, that, that's a uh, that, that's a question I've answered many, many different times. I think Tim, uh, not not, uh, not on talk radio but for, for others. And, you know, most of the strength in uh, Africa is in mining. And the, the countries that do well, uh, generally it's because of natural resources that, uh, that are involved in it. And they do, they do fairly well at times. Other times it's, uh, it's a real struggle for them. But there's really no data that jumps out uh, production data on mining and so on, uh, and that varies depending on who's in power and uh, th those things. So th the answer is basically no, there's not really a, a good, easy way to uh, 
to get that information. Okay. Just curious. So we normally uh, have you take us uh, also through some of the regional surveys that you like to watch in the U.S., Norbert. Uh, and I noted in particular, if I remember my uh, scatter plot that you do, that Chicago seems to have fallen out of favor. What's going on in our regional surveys? Yeah, uh, you know, Chicago uh, was down over five points this past month, down to 42.6, I believe, 42.9. And uh, I have a hard time with Chicago because their survey is 65% manufacturing and 35% non-manufacturing. So when you see what we saw this month, a five-point drop, and it's down into the low 40s, uh, I, I don't know what what caused that. Was it manufacturing uh, that was that bad? Was it uh, services that are much worse than most areas of the country? Uh, just what is it? And uh, uh, they don't offer any explanation or analysis. They, uh, I think they actually sell that data. Uh, and I, I'm not... my. My take is it's probably not worth. Uh, it's probably not something I'd be willing to pay for because once you've got it, I'm not sure that uh, it has a lot of value attached to it. Uh, and also, the weather has not been a particular bad factor for the Midwest section uh, this year. Yeah, that's so that right. so that would not have had. I mean, we're we're in New England. We've had one snowstorm. Right. And that one wasn't bad. It was melted the next day. Uh, but but we don't have climate change. Forgive me. <laughs> We've had climate change since the earth was born. <laughs> uh, you're one of those, huh? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, Norbert, as we kind of wrap up this segment, anything else you want to share with our listeners Basically, uh, even though it's new year, new fear, I, I think it's also uh, uh, we've got a lot going for us. Uh, we've got, a, uh, even with all the problems in Washington, things are moving forward very rapidly uh, right now and, and in a direction that uh, uh, is strength for all uh, of manufacturing, of non-manufacturing in the U.S. So, I think we've come very close to a manufacturing recession, but we've escaped it. And uh, I think our non-manufacturing economy, uh, which is four times larger than manufacturing, uh, that non-manufacturing economy is solid. It's at 55.5. That's a 10% month-over-month increase. Uh, so it's very solid right now and one that uh, we can still build more on because of uh, uh, of the uh, rise in employment and the opportunity for people to improve their uh, the, themselves over the long term. Okay, it sounds like uh, we're in the middle of uh, good, bad, and indifferent. So <laughs> we'll have to see how, how next month is going to fare out and see if we're going to start making some forward, serious forward moments. Yeah, it's always a new story. 
it I like that line of that new month, new fear. I may use <laughs> I may use that. But I'll I'll give you credit for it. Oh, okay. Thanks, Luke. All right. <laughs> no problem. Always yeah. a pleasure well, to talk to you. Norbert, thanks for joining us. We appreciate your input. Okay. Take care, guys. Bye. Take care, gentlemen. We have been talking with Norbert Orr, who is our senior correspondent and handles all of our international survey uh, discussions. He brings in a lot of information from Europe and Asia and you know, other areas around the world. So always interesting to keep up on that. Uh, Lou, anything else you want to throw in before we wrap up this segment? Uh, no, actually, uh, I'm just looking forward to a nice, quiet weekend. There you go. <laughs> We're all looking forward to that. And we want to thank all of our listeners. Please come to MFG Talk Radio to track down any of our shows. There's over 400 there, and we've got links to our other sister podcasts. There are now several. Lou tells me two more are in the offing. They haven't even been launched yet. So we're going to be very excited to see what Jacket Media Company, which is our parent, is uh, planning on offering in 2020. And as always, thank you for listening to this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. Thanks for joining us on Manufacturing Talk Radio. You can hear our next broadcast each Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at mfgtalkradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>